0: all right good morning jackson mississippi welcome back in hour number two of the clay edwards show we're live in the mac hike of flowwood studios this segment is going to be brought to you by ellis auto place get out there see us on highway 471 in brandon mississippi down there on the 047 end down by Boo's smokehouse in the back porch 471 crawfish barn can't miss it man look we've got a ton of good ford f-150s as as well as a few other trucks and we have some cars and suvs if you're not scared of getting something seven eight nine years old maybe 100,000 miles or so don't want to spend the big money at the new dealerships we got something just for you at ellis auto plex give us a call or stop by you can shop us online at ellisautoplex.com and of course if you're looking to sell your vehicle we will buy it from you on the spot check local check you can run go cash today so uh Don't deal with all the Craigslist crazies and the marketplace maniacs. Bring your car over to Ellis Autoplex and let us buy it from you. If you know somebody looking to sell their car, send them to me. If if they buy it or if I buy it from them, I'm cutting you a check for $150. You can swing by and pick it up. All right, Ellis Autoplex, AutoPlex EllisAutoplex.com. Okay, on the phones this morning, I got Mr. Mac Haddow with the American Kratom Association. We're talking about... Uh, our Mississippi legislature trying to ban Kratom again. We've been railing about it on the show here for a while now. Uh, Mac, good morning.
1: Good morning, Clay. Thank you for this opportunity to talk with you today.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, tell folks who you are, what you do.
1: So my name is Mac Haddo. Uh, I'm the senior fellow on public policy with the American Kratom Association, which is a consumer advocacy organization. We don't represent the vendors. We protect consumers, and we fight for a state by state, the ability and freedom of consumers to to uh, buy safe kratom products that are free from adulterants and that protect consumers. and that's our mission, and we fight every day for it.
0: So uh, we've talked before, and you know they tried to do in the, doing this last year, and we were able to stave it off, <clears throat> stave it off. and of course, it's come back this year, and they're running out. They're running out all the, the, the typical characters and actors to talk about how dangerous this is and how addictive it is and how deadly it is. And, you know, in my day-to-day life as a, as a daily Kratom user, I have not seen any of these things that they keep continuing to say happen. Um, what are we trying to do to fight this off?
1: So first, uh, let me just say that, that Delegate Yancey, who is <clears throat> the sponsor of the Kratom ban bill, and also the chairman of the Drug Policy Committee in the House.
0: Yeah, we're talking uh, we about agree. Lee Yancey from Rankin County, for anybody out there Correct. listening.
1: Yes. And, and actually, we agree on the objective, and that is to protect consumers. The pathway to do that, however, is informed by, on one side, the science, which we think should be the driving force behind any public policy on Kratom. And on the other side, you have disinformation, which is being disseminated on a regular basis, this information defined as inaccurate, outdated, and completely false information that comes from the US Food and Drug Administration. And they are they are followed by the Mississippi Medical Association, who is completely wrong on the Kratom issue. They have a duty to to be accurate and truthful, just as the FDA does, but they just they just without question follow what the FDA says. And and the interesting thing is that no one has to believe the American Kratom Association that the FDA is wrong and that the Mississippi Medical Association is wrong. You have to look to the Department of Health and Human Services that has fully evaluated all of the science and data which the FDA claims supports the scheduling or banning of Kratom at the federal level, and the HHS Department said insufficient data and evidence. In fact, it was characterized by the Assistant Secretary for Health, Dr. Brett Shawaw, as being disappointingly poor evidence and data. The National Institutes on Drug Abuse recognizes that the FDA is wrong, that Kratom is a valuable harm reduction tool for people that are struggling with addictions, and the UN Commission on Narcotic Drugs that was petitioned by the FDA, and they convened a panel of international experts, 12 experts in addiction and substance abuse, and they unanimously determined that Kratom was safe, that it was not subject to scheduling, uh, as the way that the Mississippi Medical Association and the FDA says. So you don't have to listen to, to in a group like ours. You listen to the scientists, to the experts, all of whom have demonized. They rejected the demonization by the FDA of Kratom. And it's unfortunate that the Medical Association doesn't listen to the science. They should listen to the science, but in, instead they've been, they've been literally seduced by the FDA's disinformation, disinformation campaign, and that's what we're fighting in Mississippi. We want consumers to have the right, the freedom, to manage their health care and their well-being, making informed decisions with safe products that are labeled appropriately, manufactured correctly, and that are not sold to minors. Those are the key criteria that we should be following. Instead, you have the Medical Association in lockstep with the FDA who's simply wrong on this issue. So
0: let me ask this: and anywhere that I get it, it's it's behind a counter, Uh, isn't it already illegal for minors to get?
1: It is now in in Mississippi. It's currently not. Uh, It should be, and we think that's important. And when I spoke to the uh, Narcotics Bureau in Mississippi, we agree on that point. Uh, The concern that law enforcement has, and it's appropriate, is that children should not be able to buy kratom products because, frankly. They have, you know, psychoactive properties, and children don't have the good judgment nor the inclination to read labels to inform them about what the proper amount of a serving size might be. Uh, we rely on parents to guide them, and we don't think that Kratom should be available to minors.
0: Uh, yeah, I have no problem agreeing with that. Where, where does the Kratom Association stand on it uh not being in gas stations or being in gas stations—that—that that, that seems to be the the kicker here for people—is it's a it's gas station heroin or or whatever they want to call it. Well, you know, gas stations have evolved, and I'm, I don't. This is going to sound like I am being sarcastic, and I promise I am not. Gas stations have evolved wildly over the last twenty years or so. You you can get everything at gas stations now. Why can't I? Shouldn't I be able to do these things? I can go to Walmart and get my prescriptions filled. You know, it, it that, that just seems like a I don't know. It just seems something nitpicky to me. If I, if, as an adult, as a 45 year old grown man that makes my own decisions every day, I do not want the government, particularly our Mississippi legislature, telling me what I can and can't put in my body because a few people found a way to abuse something that I frankly didn't think you could abuse. It, it has zero addictive uh, properties as far as I'm concerned. You know, I, I've never once upped my dosage. Never once. From the first time I've taken it four or five years ago to today. Which I haven't taken any today, but yesterday, never once up my dosage, and it, it accomplishes the same thing I needed to do every every day. It gives me a slight boost of energy, and it eases my anxiety. I know I, hit you with, I know I hit you with a lot of different stuff there. I'm sorry, I just <laughs> I get fired up That's about right. this.
1: So you and I have a similar experience. I'm a daily kratom user myself. Uh, I don't experience these kinds of addictions that they that some claim are attended to. Kratom, I'm not suggesting that you can't have a psychological addiction to any product. It is true that kratom does generate a dependence, much like caffeine. Caffeine is the most widely used drug in the world, and certainly here in the United States, it is a, a widely consumed product, both in sodas and in coffee. Uh, kratom, by the way, is a part of the coffee plant family, and so its genetics are very similar to the effects that you would see with caffeine. We don't attempt to ban caffeine. Uh, we don't attempt to regulate caffeine because any dependence that's associated with the use of caffeine is what is known in the scientific community as a benign addiction, which means you create dependence on it. And what you're weaning off of it, and this is true with Kratom, traditionally, the average Kratom user, if they stop cold turkey, would have a week to 10 days of a minor headache, a runny nose, and an upset stomach. And then they're done. That's far different. No matter what the Medical Association tries to say to lie to the people of Mississippi, it is not true that Kratom is highly addictive in its general use. Can you become psychologically addictive? Of course. Can you have extreme cases where people are abusing any substance like Kratom? Yes. But that's not a basis to ban it. But let me tell you my view about gas station Kratom, or as some like to coin it in a very cute little marketing ploy, gas station heroin. First off, kratom is not a a controlled substance, and it isn't at the federal level, nor can it be based on the eight factors that are required under the Controlled Substances Act. So when someone tries to label kratom as gas station heroin, that's a cute marketing trick to, to deceive people. I don't care where you buy kratom. I think when you buy it, you should know what's in the product. You should know that it's registered with the state of Mississippi and required to go through good manufacturing practices. You should know that the manufacturer is not allowed to add any kind of substance to the natural plant product that would make it dangerous. And that includes controlled substances because bad actors right now put fentanyl in it, heroin, morphine, and cocaine. That's just that's the way bad actors work, and we need to restrict them. And you should be able to look at the label of any Kratom product and know how much you should take at any given time. And, and you should know, by the way, on the label who manufactured it. That's the way... To bring the the issues that the Medical Association and the Delegate Yancey are concerned about by regulating this product appropriately and eliminating the bad actors who adulterate Kratom who do mislead consumers and let them when they buy the Kratom they think they're buying the Pure Kratom product and they're actually getting a, a product that's laced with fentanyl which is highly addictive and dangerous or morphine or heroin or even buprenorphine. So these are the things that we ought to be doing, and we do this all the time. And I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, a couple of decades back, we had a tylenol, tylenol scare. There were people who had had adulterated a, a Tylenol product. The, the, the result was not to ban Tylenol. It was to regulate it so that the packaging made it tamper-resistant so that someone just, just couldn't come in and... Created dangerous product. Yeah, it was it was a it was a woman
0: it was a woman who had killed her husband with poison and then tried to hide it by going in a an adulter and poisoning uh, a couple dozen bottles of Tylenol. I want to say maybe in Texas, Oklahoma, something like that.
1: And I lived in Chicago, and there were nine deaths associated with it. But the point is that any adulterated product should be controlled. You don't want that to happen. But banning is not the solution. It is extreme. It's anti-American. It, unless, the, unless the substance does contain dangerous substances, which the science, and this is what the Medical Association and I hope Delegate Yancy will listen to, listen to the science. And I would just challenge, and I've done it directly, and the Medical Association refuses to have a conversation with us. What does the Medical Association in Mississippi know that the Department of Health and Human Services doesn't know? What the... National Institutes on Drug Abuse doesn't know, what the U.S. Congress, who has passed report language encouraging more research and accessibility of Kratom for people who are struggling with addictions, what do do they know that they don't, that the Medical Association know, and what does the Medical Association know that 12 international experts on substance abuse and addiction, who unanimously voted not to schedule Kratom at the international level, which has a lower standard in the United States, what do they know? Well, the truth is they don't know anything other than to repeat the FDA's disinformation campaign, which is now under attack. There is a federal bill that's been filed which directly challenges the FDA. There's, now, here's the bottom line question. Why can't we trust the FDA? The fact of the matter is the FDA has gotten it wrong on many things. The FDA is an enemy of dietary supplements and herbal supplements and have been for decades. And if the FDA had its way, you, you couldn't buy a vitamin, you couldn't buy a dietary supplement. They want to strip you of your freedoms. That's what the medical association of Mississippi is trying to do
0: as well. Are we talking about the same people who say that, uh, that 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 Lucky Charms are healthier for you than steak? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, look, I, I have no t- coming out of COVID. I have zero trust for any government entity with three letters in it. The CDC, uh- the FDA. The FBI, in any of them. If it's got three, three letters, I do not trust it immediately. Anything they say is good for me, I automatically go the opposite direction. And, 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 I, and I hate that. I hate that I have this total distrust for any of these government entities concerning my health.
1: And the FDA has earned that distrust. They, they have a standing among the American people of less than 40% of approval. And they've earned that. We should be able to trust anything that the FDA says, and we should be able to take it to the bank. And the truth is, you cannot. And thats you don't have to listen to me again. Listen to the experts that have evaluated all of the claims with respect to Kratom made by the FDA, and they find that they're wrong. And it was interesting in the hearing that uh, was held with the Drug Policy Committee several months ago, Delegate Yancey was the chairman of that committee, uh, there were statements made by the Medical Association that the Mayo Clinic is also against Kratom. Well, the truth is that the Mayo Clinic has not done one lick of research. Not a single penny has been spent by the Mayo Clinic on research into kratom. They simply republish the disinformation that is disseminated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. And the, the fruit of the poisonous tree applies here. If you're just going to repeat a lie, and the FDA told the first lie, the Mayo Clinic repeated it, and now you've got the Medical Association repeating it as though it's the gospel truth, and it is not. It is a lie. And they won't, won't account for it. They won't explain it. And they won't even meet with us to have that discussion. To the credit of the Narcotics Bureau of Mississippi, they did meet with us. They listened to us. And the conclusion of that meeting was a, an exchange of information that led to a far better understanding about what Kratom actually is. And the, it's the adulterated products that are the problem. And if the, if the, if the medical association were truly committed to protect the people of Mississippi, they would sit down and have a discussion with the leading scientists in this field to understand what the true addiction liability and the true safety factors are in Kratom. They don't want to do that because they don't want to be accountable. Shame on them. And no one should be listening to them either.
0: Now let we just had a, t- uh, a texture text in who was big on the marijuana fight, Hardy case text in. So we need to have a rally down at the Capitol and uh, let these folks know, man, is it we're, the all it seems like the only people that they're listening to are the quote unquote victims or family members of people that, uh, are parading around pretending they have a Kratom addiction. And, and I'm very passionate about this because it's something that I use every day without a problem. So when I see these people, uh, particularly some of these parents that go in there and rant and rave about what happened to their children with it, I, I have a hard time believing that it's solely a Kratom issue. I, I believe a lot of people are masking are masking an opioid addiction as Kratom because of a a, a, a guilt thing. Or they don't want. They think they can get in less trouble if they say they were addicted to kratom than opioids. I, I think that's a big part of this that that isn't being looked at by these folks. But teach their own man. I hope this is a fight that we can keep. That we don't have to keep fighting. But uh, we're here for it as long as we have to be.
1: That's exactly right. And and I have great sympathy for families who lose a loved one that are trapped in these addiction cycles. But to blame kratom when the science does not document it. These families unfortunately are caught in this this whirlwind of trial lawyers who are trying to hustle cases in order to find a deep pocket to get a settlement. They're not interested in the truth. They're interested in getting a buck. And the truth is, if everyone were to look at what the medical examiners and coroners are concluding about Kratom, which is based largely on the FDA's disinformation campaign, every one of the autopsies that we've had evaluated by independent forensic toxicologists have fallen apart. They are not caused by Kratom. They are caused by other underlying conditions Poly drug use or adulterated Kratom products, not a pure, safe Kratom product.
0: Yeah. Hey, Mac, can you, can you hang on and do another segment with me? Absolutely. All right, hang tight. We'll be right back. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We are live on 103.9 WYAB with Matt Caddow with the American Kratom Association. Talking about them trying to take more of our liberties and freedoms away down at the Mississippi legislature. This, we'll be right back. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. I'm live here in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios. This segment brought to you by Lakeland Glass & Tint. Get out there and see them for all of your automotive windshield replacement needs, as well as all of your home, car, and business window tinting needs. And they also wrap vehicles, walls, countertops, whatever else you need. If you want to change the color of it, they can do it. They can put your logo on it. It's phenomenal. Check them out online, LakelandGlassIntent.com, where quality matters. You can also call them at 601 946 1000. All right, we have got two guests on the line here. Uh, we've got Mac Haddle with the American Kratom Association. Mac, you still there? I am, yes. We have had James call in, who I believe helped set this interview up. Uh, and James is on the line with us too, and wanted to bring up something very important. James, are you there? Yes, sir. All right, can y'all hear each other?
2: Yes, sir. Yes.
0: Great. James, make your point, please.
2: Yeah, um, well, I've noticed uh, two things. For one, TNF is popping up in all these gas stations next to Kratom Products, which is a highly addictive uh, research chemical prescription drug in some countries. And uh, radio stations such as our uh, y'all's competitor, 97 point whatever, they are actually calling this a TNF ban rather than a Kratom ban, but they're including the tragedy in the bill. So they're intentionally misleading people who maybe have had you know conversations with family members that okay, well, kratom's not bad, but that we're not talking about Kratom. we're talking about the NF team. so
0: yeah Mac are y'all are you seeing that type uh, them lumping this in with other things to try to get it banned?
1: Yeah, actually, I think there are two things happening in Mississippi that are of concern. First is exactly what's been targeted here, where are you mixing? the evaluation of different products with and conflating them with kratom. They are vastly different products. Kratom is a plant-based product. Uh T-Neptine is a chemically-based product, and they look, need to be looked at differently because science should dictate decisions on these products. So the scientific evidence on kratom should prevail as, with respect to uh, to any regulations or bans, as should it w- for tneptine Let them be evaluated independently. The second concerning thing that's happening is Delegate Yancey is looking at allowing the Department of Health in Mississippi to make unilateral decisions about whether any product that poses what they perceive to be a public threat uh, be banned. Now, the problem with that is that the Department of Public Health is probably, at least at this point, appears to be in lockstep with the FDA's disinformation campaign about Kratom. At the federal level, we do not allow the Food and Drug Administration to independently and unilaterally make the decision about scheduling. They are required to submit the proposal. HHS and DEA evaluate and determine that. We can't let the Department of Public Health in Mississippi unilaterally make these decisions, and that's sort of a dodge that very creative one that Delegate Yancey has come up with. It just doesn't work because it would deprive Mississippi residents of the freedom to make their own choices about safe products.
0: James, go ahead.
1: Absolutely. And um, if I'm
2: not mistaken, now I've heard this from a Mississippi member of the AKA. Um, is the FDA not patenting a chemical version of metragenine at this point?
1: There is a, uh, a proposal uh, that's been submitted in preliminary form for a Kratom product to be evaluated and under a new drug application process, but it requires the chemical synthesization of the plant uh, alkaloids, so it's not the pure plant that's being submitted for review by the FDA. A bigger concern to us is that there are, uh, there are specific companies in the pharma space who are looking at non-addictive pain relievers who view Kratom as a competing product. They don't want to go through the new drug application process so that they can charge exorbitant amounts of money for a pain relief product when people can go and buy Kratom and achieve exactly the same result. So there's yes. some politics at play here, very disappointing, but chemically, uh, the new products are going to be drugs as opposed to the natural plant, which is a, a botanical supplement, which is far different than an NDA process for a pain relief
2: uh, absolutely. product, absolutely. Correct in. me if I'm wrong, but didn't the two ladies that got kratom uh, banned in Arkansas both have direct ties to the suboxone <clears throat> industry?
1: Well, my research on how the Arkansas ban took effect was actually one addiction recovery doctor who made. Yeah, the that's who I'm referring to. I thought it was too. I apologize. Yeah, and and my understanding is that. The, and, and I've sat with the uh, former Secretary of Health in Arkansas, Dr. Romero, he's now with the Centers for, for Disease Control, uh, and we discussed this very fact and he characterized the process by which Kratom was originally banned as probably a rush to judgment because it was based only on one report, there was not an, an, an analysis done, which should have been as to whether Kratom met the eight factors which are required for controlled substances. So we're working uh, as as hard as we can in Arkansas to get that ban reversed. And one of the tragic outcomes of a ban was evidenced in Arkansas when a man purchased a product legally in Missouri, lived right across state line, drove into Arkansas, was picked up by the police on a suspect. And this is heartbreaking. Uh, the sentence that he got. I'm it, sorry.
2: I'll let you it, finish.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, he was arrested for not having, or stopped for not having a light illuminating his license plate, which tells you a little bit about what the stop was about. They asked him if they could search his car. He agreed to do it because he didn't think Kratom – It was he knew it was illegal to to purchase Kratom in in, uh, Arkansas, didn't know it was illegal to possess it. He was convicted on a Y felony, and a Y felony in Arkansas required the jury the minimum sentence that they could give him was 10 years. They gave it to him, and obviously that was an outrageous event for this guy who was struggling with meth addictions using Kratom as a harm reduction tool. And uh, he's my age. He's mine,
2: and Oh Clay's a little older than me. But he could have been either one of us, you know. Yeah, it will and
0: be exactly. me in Mississippi. I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> if they ban kratom, <laughs> it will. It, that will be my first felony.
1: Yep. Yeah. Right, will I'm right there with you, brother. Yeah. The sad outcome of that case is that after he was incarcerated, several weeks into his sentence, he was beaten to death, or fell on un- unknown circumstances and died in jail. None of fell would in quotations.
2: Happened. Yeah, he didn't fall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: none of that would have happened. That death would not have occurred had Arkansas had the right policy on Kratom, which is to regulate it, protect consumers against adulterated Kratom products, and let people a, make their it's own.
2: It's 100% reefer madness at this point is what they're doing.
0: Yep, absolutely. And, you know, here's something I've said several times, speaking of reefer madness, is is when you, turn, when you force something to the black market and you make something illegal – You know, what is a kid out there thinking, like, oh, man, it's illegal. I suddenly want to try this now. Exactly. I'm in possession of something everybody can't put their hands on. It's the same reason I tried pot for the first time. It's the same reason I tried any drug I've ever tried for the first time, because it was illegal. I couldn't walk into a gas station and get it.
2: Same reason usage rates in Colorado and other recreational states are going down, because it's not cool anymore. For, yep.
0: you know, cannabis. Yep. Hey, James, well, I'm, I'm hey, going to let I'll you go and wrap up with a. Uh, with Yeah, I'm sorry. Mac I, here.
2: I stayed on here too long. Uh, Mac, it is a pleasure to actually talk to you for the first time. I've been a silent
1: fan for years. Clay, likewise. Yep. Y'all have a great day. Thank you, James. Well, thank you. Let me just conclude with this if I could, Clay. Yes. Everyone should read what Dr. Zouard, the Assistant Secretary for Health, said about a ban on Kratom. He said in a letter, official, and I'm glad to circulate it to you, in his letter, he said that you will put millions of Americans at risk if you ban Kratom because they will not be allowed to use Kratom, forcing them to more dangerous and unsafe products, whether it's in the illicit market or even in the legal market, where they, we know that these are unsafe and highly addictive and deadly drugs. Yeah, they, look, you kill people with bans. And that, and that everybody should hear that.
0: That is exactly why I'm fighting this fight. I, no, I had no intentions on being the local face of the Kratom fight here and being the only guy on radio or in media that's standing up and fighting for this. But because of what I've seen it help people who have been addicted to pain pills, addicted to meth, addicted to these other things, I've seen it give them a landing strip to get off those things without having to go to recovery and rehab and expensive medical procedures and everything else. I've seen it save lives. And sure, maybe you're replacing one vice for another, but I'd sure as hell rather be replacing, uh, taking Kratom every day than amphetamines, whether it be Adderall or meth or pain pills or heroin. It's a much, much different animal we're talking about here. And you want to take that from people just assuming that they're going to just quit doing everything. You're not going to ban your way into a sober society or whatever you want to call it.
1: Agreed. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mac. Uh, Anytime you want to call in, uh, open invitation, just let me know. Thanks so Uh so much. You later, Matt Caddow with the American Kratom Association. I'm telling you, if you're on the fence about this, call me. Email me, clay at wyab.com. I would gladly have a conversation with any of you about it. The the pros outweigh the cons. You can abuse anything. You take enough Tylenol, what did Cat Williams say? You take 37 Tylenol, you're going to be dead later. Something along those lines. And that's true. You can abuse too much of anything. We don't need to be banning things. I have no problem with some regulation. Zero problem with some regulation. I think everybody's on board with that. But this just, this banning stuff does not work. I, I continue to wait for somebody to call this show and give me an example of prohibition working. 601-879-0002. The phone line is yours. If you can tell me a time that prohibition worked and made made a problem completely go away we'll be right back 1039 WYAB. thanks for listening tune in tomorrow at 7 a.m. as the clay edwards show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of jackson this concludes
1: our broadcast day
2: right here on 103.9 WYAB.